Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo touchdown to Torbayer. Marvin Jones. Stafford. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. D. Detroit Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? We are back in the building on a Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, talking Detroit Lions, uh, serving up a big glass of Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, lots of stuff in the news, and uh, we got some real fun stuff on the show today. I'm going to do some clips from the offensive and defensive coordinator press conferences we had, and on the back half of the show, we're going to do the Grifka 2K Lions, which is Grifka's all-time team uh, made up of 2000s Lions players from the 2000s. We'll do that on the fly and have some fun with it as well um with all that being said the one and only grifka how are you buddy uh doing good doing good um if you hear a buzzer in the background that's just my oven i got some cornbread cooking right now kind of looking <laughs> forward to that maybe eating some of that later in the meantime you know after it's finished up nothing better than warm cor- cornbread while we do this show <laughs> absolutely man uh that's how we do it here on the show. So let, let's dive into it, Grifko. A little bit before we got recording here for this uh, for our Wednesday show, word came out that uh, Martha Ford, the queen of the sunglasses hut, has uh, decided to step aside. And uh, this created quite the waves. I mean, when I saw it initially, I was just kind of like, you know, this isn't some they're selling the team. This isn't some big thing. It's just being handed down to the daughter who we knew was going to get it anyway. But uh, was kind of surprising, came out of nowhere on a random Tuesday in the late part of June. Uh, what are your thoughts about this right off the top? It makes me think there's, uh, I don't know if there's something, you know, health-wise with her. Because I highly doubt she's like, well, I want to spend more time with my family or I want to enjoy my retirement years. And, you know, I, I don't think that that, I hope it's not that. You know, that something I never wish that upon anybody, but uh, maybe she just it's time where 
her family talked to her and said, Hey, why don't we, you know, you know, hand the keys over to somebody else and, uh, you know, kind of go from there. I, I know, I think she still kind of wants to be the figurehead, the face of it, but, you know, stepping aside and letting somebody else kind of take it over. Maybe she's, like I said, I hope it's not something health wise, but you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, it just kind of makes me think there might be something in the background. So, uh, Grisky, you're telling me you're not quite for sure. Yeah. I, my, I haven't got my two o'clock call yet because this is broke in the morning. So, Probably tonight I'll get a call like at two thirty in the morning for my insider insider down at Allen Park. So, well, Waffle Maker, I hate to do this to you almost every show, but if you do a little bit of homework, you you would have you would have already read that uh, Sheila Ford Hamp has already said that her mother is perfectly healthy. There's no issues there. This is a transition plan they've had. You know, it's all part of the big plan they've been working the last what four to six years. She's sort of been under the um, under her wing per se in regards to this team uh you know in regards to the the timing i mean they she said also that they they kind of decided to do it um you know not early on in the off season where we had draft and free agency to worry about as well as not um you know not getting too close to the season so this is just a formality in my opinion i think that you know, to me, the, the biggest thing that's still the issue is that, you know, it's no problem with the Fords owning it and having billions of dollars and, and making billions of dollars, but owning a football team for fun. The problem for me is that Rod Wood, the estate owner, is still going to be there. He doesn't he doesn't know football. You've got Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia fighting for their lives that love and know football. And then you've got like nobody at the top that has ever been with a, a successful organization. So you know, they, I don't have a problem with her being the principal owner. What I have a problem with is can we get somebody in that's either working with or even above Bob Quinn that has been at a super successful organization or that can lead it from a, a team president perspective or whatever you want to call it so that we can get more football people in here? Because I, I heard Matt Derry say this. It made me laugh out loud. The FOMO <laughs> co. <laughs> Down there uh, in Allen Park, I mean, yeah, they build cars. They know they know business, but they don't know football. And so it just seems like it's going to be another person. She says she's learning on the job. She says, you know, uh, she's going to come in and be a learner and work hard and, and wants to know X, Y, and Z about the organization. It's like we just need somebody to sign the checks, you know? Other than that, like let everybody else deal with on-field stuff and, and, and whatnot. It's – I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty – I'm pretty bummed about it other than I'm just kind of like, whatever, you know, it's just going to be another, another transition to another Ford in regards to ownership. And to me, I'm not, I'm not positive or negative on that. It's not like I sit here and say, Oh, a Ford, you know, is just going to clunk it up regardless. But I, I also don't expect any drastic changes or any big time swooping moves unless somebody else came in that was either strictly football or was from somewhere that has multiple Super Bowls at that level. So that's, that's my take, but I, I know you, you know, you're not quite for sure. And you're worrying about the health and and all this other stuff, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But you said this was some transition thing that they've had, you know, playing for a while, but yeah, we, we have all heard the stories, you know, Paul Pascaloni wanted to go spend more time with his family. Urban Meyer had a heart attack down in Florida and he wanted to go spend more time with his family. I mean, you can put out any press release you want while the transition's happening. You know, it's just, it's, 
it, it just all speak to make it sound like everything's okay. Like all of a sudden, like, okay, here on a Tuesday in late June, we're going to decide like I'm stepping down today. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's just, um, uh, okay. That's what they just, do though. That's what the Fords do. They, they put out things on Friday night, you know, uh, press releases. So nobody, it goes under the rug. They do this in some random day in the June when nobody's even paying attention to football. Like, so it's, it's as little of a deal as it can be for something that is, you know, on this type of level, this is what they do. So I, I don't know, like she is 94 Grifsky. I don't know if you know, I mean, that's not, that's not very young. So I, I would think, you know, we might as well do this at some point, you know, but oh, I don't know. Griffka, can we end it this way? I mean, we've joked about it on the show. I, I've, I've had a little fun with Martha. I mean, I've also said, I, I'm sure she's a tremendous person. I mean, what was it that, that couple hour doc that came out on the NFL network, you know, uh, <laughs> with her and the other female owners, I mean, was so highly esteemed. I mean, Griffka, the, the real story, we, we, we almost buried the lead is that like, we're never going get, to get to see this dream come true. And it's simply this. I haven't had my favorite moment yet. I want to win the Lombardi trophy. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine if like we go on a run right after, right after she steps down and then we, we, we end up hoisting the trophy. I mean, that, that would just be bittersweet for, for Martha there and that, and uh, the Ford family directly. But yeah, that, that, that's not going to happen now. I mean, uh, she'll probably still take credit if it did, but uh, yeah, that, that whole gimmick that we've done and that whole show is just out the window now. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe she'll be the one that, uh, you know, when you have to call Ford Field for something, she may be the person, you know, hit one for this, hit two for this. You know, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Ford Field, how can I make your dreams come true? <laughs> Future home of the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> that would be sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness Grifka we gotta keep this thing moving man we got too much to talk about but uh you know no ownership change no big deal but uh it was kind of a shocking thing that came out uh, a little bit before we got recording here the last day or so let's uh let's dive into these coordinator pressers Grifka I know that you are uh You've got a million functions going on. I mean, you're such a busy man. You're out at the teeter-totter playing Red Rover, doing whatever the hell else you do, not practicing your washer game, that's for sure. I mean, I... I'm sure you. I'm sure you didn't get to. I'm sure you missed these. Uh, Daryl Bevel and Corey Unling, our new defensive coordinator, step into the podium just because you're um, super superior and busy schedule to all the common folk out there. Am I right? Uh, nothing better than listen to coach speak. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do today, Grifka. I've cut out some clips and I cannot wait for your opinion. I'm sure your your thoughts will be riveting. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, I'm on top of this. So uh, waiting for it. All right. So Grifka, we'll start with Unling. Uh, I got a, I got a couple um, Jeff Okuda clips here. So I'll just play two of these back to back and then we'll get your thoughts. This is uh, Corey Unling, the new defensive coordinator on Jeff Okuda. Fortunate that we got him. Um, and I've been nothing but impressed with him since day one. And the second one is is uh, is very interesting here. Check this out. Jeff is driven uh, like few men I've been around in this profession, and uh, I know that, and I can tell that, albeit a Zoom call. I mean, the guy, he's nonstop. 
I mean, to the point where it's like, Jeff, can we talk about something like, can we, can we not talk about football for like five minutes? Can we talk about something else? Like, do you do anything else? Like, what are we doing? Um, that's always wired. Grifka, what do you think? Uh, Okuda's been your boy. You stood up for him probably because it was one of the few names you knew at the top of the draft. But uh, what uh, what do you think about what's coming out about uh, good old um, CB1 over there? I'm glad that he's focused in. I mean, you always hear – I know that can be some coach speak sometime, but if you have a coach asking a player, it's like, hey, man, can we, like, talk about like what you like to do on Friday nights or, you know, do you like to play Uno or something like that? And, and he just wants to talk football. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. That's a, a pretty driven human being. And uh, I'm sure he wants to make the biggest impact that he can on the Detroit Lions. He's, he's not just here like living on his laurels that he had at Ohio state and with the, you know, no pass interference calls and, and, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm glad. And I know some people are going to say, well, that's just coach speak. They're always going to say they're going to be happy with their draft pick. But um, I've said it before, and I'll, I'll, I've said this things like sometimes like what coaches don't say, and um, he really he, he really gushed about him. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I felt the same way. It's just, uh, you know, guys focus driven. And he also said, you know, he's been like that from day one. So it seems real consistent as well. And just that type of no nonsense football player, you know, Okuda, he is on Twitter a bit and has some opinions, but he also is a guy that just, uh, I think Matt Patricia is really going to take to the guy that um, learn the techniques, get out there and be grimy and then play tough both in the run, the pass game and, and be a really good football player. So that, that'll be good to see. He was glad to hear him talked up. No doubt about it. Let's see next clip here. He's talking about some of the players they brought in and he, and he mentions the linebackers. So I thought what a, what a better thing than to throw this at Griffka. Let's take a listen. Um, I would also say if you look at the additions at all three levels from the front to the linebackers, to the secondary, um, I'm excited about all of it. Um, the linebacker group, obviously, is we've got some new faces in there um, and the guys that we already have on the roster. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited about watching the entire thing, all three groups, and see how it, it comes together. Um, gotten to know these guys really, really well uh, through these calls and through these discussions. Um, so I, I can't wait to get back and watch it go down. We'll see what happens. Grifka linebackers fun to watch. I mean, must be talking about Jared Davis and company, but uh, we got Jelani Tavai there who I say will probably be man in the middle. Um, you know, he, he seems pretty high on other linebackers, which would be uh, Collins coming in. You got Raglan, some of the other players he's seen. What do you think about this? Everybody knows that you love Jared Davis with all your heart and soul. Yeah. Fun to watch. He likes them. That, Right, that clip sounds right there a little more like coach speak to me. Uh, I realize he's just uh, he hasn't had a chance to work with any of these guys one on one yet. I'm, I'm sure he's watched plenty of tape, but to not say you know kind of like you know I really like this way this guy moves. Just say like the whole group's going to be fun to watch. Well, the Three Stooges is fun to watch. You know, and you know it just I, I realize for a different thing, but uh, still that that sounds like a big coach speak right there. That is the um, how are we going to fit everybody in there for what we need them to do type thing? Still kind of, I guess, you know, placing the puzzle pieces. 
uh, to where it'll fit the defense they want to run. So, I mean, yeah, that could include Jared Davis and, you know, not covering anybody and missing tackling angles for sure. But um, I think that is going to lean towards more, you know, Jamie Collins and Jelani Tavai and gosh, whoever, whatever slow other footed linebacker they want to put out there. Your other, your other favorite guy, Christian Jones. Oh yeah. Nothing. He's a great totem pole. He's excited about the linebackers, man. That's not coach speak. That's him singling out a group and saying like, these guys are, have been engaging in the, in the zoom meetings. They, they should be fun based on what he's seen on tape and uh, knowing from his, however many years of coaching. So uh, that's not just some random answer. He picked out a, a group and singled them out. Now they're not your favorite group. So I would hear why you would just, you know, downplay it, but, but that's not really what I want to talk about before we get to the next clip. Please tell me and the people, you don't watch Three Stooges still, do you? That, that can't be real. No, I haven't watched them probably since I was a teenager. I don't do slapstick comedy too much anymore. <laughs> what the heck do you do on this show every every time we, we hit record? I mean, what the heck is that? <laughs> right, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I stopped watching the Three Stooges a long, long time ago. <laughs> That's gonna that's gonna be a new sound bit next week. Whoop, 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 whoop. Every time you do one of your ridiculous gimmicks. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, speaking of comedy, we gotta keep this thing moving. The next one, uh this is a very short clip, but but listen to listen to Unling just handle his dog who starts barking during a Zoom call. First of all, hey people, don't, can, can you leave your animals, your kids, anything else that could be annoying outside of a Zoom call for I don't know the 10 to 20 minutes that, that you're probably on a call like this. I mean, does your dog really have to be there? You know, they're going to bark at some point, but listen to Unling, just shut the dog down. I mean, this, this is, if he can shut down defenses like this or, or get players to correct their bad habits this quickly, I think we're in good shape. Take a listen. He's an incredible, he's an incredible kid. Excuse me. It's my dog in the background. Oh. Um, <laughs> Shut it right down, Griffco. So imagine Jeff Okuda or somebody getting out of line on the defense. I mean, a couple quick, uh, quick, quick words from Unling, and we'll have that corrected right away if his dog is any example. But uh, I thought that was just funny. It was annoying to me because your your dog can be in the other room for 10, 20 minutes. But it was funny how he just said two little quick things, and that dog was quiet again. So I like that. <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm, it makes me wonder what uh, either hand signal or, you know, look that he gave the dog for the dog's like, you know, I need to be quiet. <laughs> Grifka, like, I, I don't know if you've heard this before. And again, I was just using that as a fun example about, uh, you know, him him being able to have some authority. But I don't know if you've you've heard me say this on the show before. And this isn't a direct analogy, but the the words are the same. Griffka, the Detroit Lions got some dogs on this team, and that's D-A-W-G-S. You know who that might be? Tracy Walker, Trey Flowers. I mean, uh, lots of dogs on defense. Jamie Collins, Okuda, Trufant might be a dog when it's all said and done. Tobias got some dog qualities. I mean, we got some D-A-W-Gs on this football team now, even though you don't want to admit it. So I thought I, I thought I'd correlate to that as well. Yeah, that, that would uh... – you named off some names there that um, I'm happy with, but uh, you know if they you know they put his his dog on the defense, you know, and he'd be able to you know kind of you know push the defense around, you know what he needs them to do, kind of like that uh, sheep dog, something like that, just you know 
chasing Grifka, the defensive backs. You're supposed to be over here. Grifka, when when are you going to give one of these Detroit Lions dog status? To, are you going to wait till they have to put a, a gold jacket on before you give anybody DAWG status on this football team? Because you 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 don't give anybody any credit until it's completely obvious. Until they've made five Pro Bowls, and then you're like, oh I, yeah, yeah, Okri, I knew he was a dog all along. I just didn't want to say anything. Well, see, dog to me is just like you're like the creme de la creme. I mean, you are. I mean, you're 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 a badass. I mean, you're just not. You're just like, oh yeah, you're a dog. Okay, you go on play hard. You know, make plays, do something. And like I said, get the key turnovers. You know, make make the make the sure tackle when when it's needed. <laughs> you know, not just some guy standing in the middle of the huddle before the game doing the chant. You know, the what time is it game time type chain or whatever like that, you know. And don't make you a dog just because, you know, you're the leader of the cornerback room. You know, make plays. You know, go do that. You know. Oh, Griffka, you don't even know the definition of a DAWG on on a football team, but let's keep it. We we, we got more well, stuff. I do. I just, I'm not, I'm not easily impressed. I just don't, I don't drop that word like an anvil all the time because, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, it's overused. It's trite. You know, that's all it is. It's just, you know, you can't call everybody a dog. It's know, not creme like de la creme, though. Like, you, that's all you ever do is say, like, oh, well, this guy's not the best of the best at his position. You give them no credit. A dog is a nasty football player that gets after you. He grinds at practice. He's a tough guy all, on and off the field. He's you mean a guy somebody that, like, you you mean somebody like Lawrence like. Taylor, Derek Thomas, you know, those, you know Mike Singletary, you know, Richard Dent, Ronnie Lott. You mean those guys, right? Those guys are dogs. But, you know, yeah, you're just like, because you play hard and you make those a couple plays, the, oh you know, God. like, oh, you're a dog. You know, come on. You know, those you are the know, best whatever. of the best uh, DAWGs. But I'm telling you that you don't have to be that. You can be a middle of the road. You can be an upper tier football player and not be in the Hall of Fame or the greatest ever and still be a so dog. How do you get dog you status then? You're giving this guy. You're giving this guy props and like you. You the man. You're an average player, but you know you're a dog. Well, no, you're not. Then <laughs> you didn't. Even- Grifka, I can't get into this with you again, but I just explained it to you that if the guy has grit, if the guy's tough, if the guy's a ball player on your team, a guy that everybody rallies around, that's the dog definition, not your definition, which is always, is he the best ever at his position or not? Because if he is, I'll give him credit. If he's not, I put him in the sucks category. That's my problem with no, – No, if a guy but sucks, he, can, he sucks. He if I say a guy's dog, average, he's average. If he's, there's a difference between a, a guy who sucks and a guy who's just another guy on the team. It's like, yeah, the guy's – he's on the team. He's okay. But if a guy sucks, he sucks. But then there's your, 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 your superstars, your, your playmakers, your game changers. And just because – you know, sorry, I guess I, I consider those guys more dogs than somebody who's just like, oh, you're tough and you're gritty. I mean, there's plenty of guys who are tough and gritty, and they're, they're sitting on the end of the bench because – they're tough and they're gritty, and the coach is like them. Doesn't make them a dog. And there's I mean, plenty of good players that aren't dogs. There's plenty of players that are really good at what they do that don't fall in the dog category. Anyway, we we we, we we're getting off track. Here. I would like I, some of those names, by the way. Okay, I'm. I could probably pull up tons for you that are that are really good football players, finesse players that aren't dogs. That you would say he's really good. Yeah, Griffin. He's but not you don't a think dog. they have the drive to hone their craft to be that great. They didn't. They didn't become great because they lived on their laurels. There's plenty of guys who make it so far based on talent, and then they get to a certain level. They don't. They don't want to work hard, and that and the people that do want to work hard pass them, and they become great. 
you know, so that's more so than a guy that's just like, oh, I step on the field, I'm great, and I don't have to work at it. I mean, that's not the pros, man. I don't know what you just said right there, but it doesn't relate to anything I'm I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it does because you said there's plenty of guys who are finesse players that aren't dogs. Like, I mean, we're not talking I – mean, who are you talking about that are finesse players that aren't dogs that you would consider real, you know, great? Those guys became great because they were driven to become great, especially at the upper level of being a pro. There's plenty of guys that get drafted high that don't – you know, that obviously, you know – bust out of the league after their contract's done because, or, you know, four years in because they, they weren't as good or they were lazy and they didn't want to become great. They didn't want that dog status, but I, I guess we just look at it different. We keep going back to dog status. Isn't how great you are at the end of the day. That's the only thing it goes by. Like the only well, quick example. Because, I can well, think if of, I look it up okay, in the dictionary, it's not going to say Go per Derek Oakry dog status is this. You know, Merriam-Webster is not going to have Derek Oakry's definition of dog. That's the way. That's the way you call it. That's not the way I call it. You know, it's just two reasonable minds can differ. No, no, they can't because these aren't reasonable minds on anything. You want a quick example? The only example I can think of off top of my head because I'm doing fantasy stuff right now is everybody loves Kenyon Drake this year at running back. Kenyon Drake's not a dog, but he's a pretty good running back nowadays in the NFL. You know who's a dog at running back and has been for the past five plus years? Mark Ingram is a freaking dog at running back. Kenyon Drake is just a finesse. Uh, so what makes Mark Ingram back. a dog? What makes Mark Ingram a dog? Do I have to explain that to you, Rich? Yes, yes, you do, because he's he's a, he's a good running back. He is, but I don't know why he's a dog. I, I, that's that's my question. You gave him dogs. What makes him a dog? And don't say if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you because that's a BS answer, and that means you don't know yourself. You just can't give a guy dog status. Well, what makes him a dog? I don't even know why I have to go into this. Mark Please Ingram do. is the epitome I'm sure of a dog. Some of our listeners are going to be like, Mark Ingram's not as good as you think he is. I mean, I'm not that. I think he's a good running back. But I'm about to why are you throwing head. dog status at this? Please, for some of our other listeners as well, because I highly doubt all of our listeners are going to be like, you know what, Derek, you are right. I am on board with you. He is a dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm about to Please break explain. my microphone. Because first and foremost – Mark Ingram's a big, physical, tough football player. He's he's no he's no little skinny pass catching running back. That's first and foremost. Mark Ingram's a, a vocal guy. He's out in the out in the uh, you know at the podium as well as in those huddles, getting people going. He's also a type of guy that will will jam it up in your face and run you over for two yards instead of scoot out of bounds out, out to the edges. All of these things for the running back position, if if that's the comparison I'm making right now is a dog running back, is a guy that you don't want to mess with, you don't want to see on Sundays, and you don't want to meet in a dark alley, as you would say. Kenyon Drake, I will meet in any alley at any time of day. He's a wimp, but he's good at football. He can put up numbers, he can catch the football, he can put up yards when he's given a chance. Is he a dog? No way, because he doesn't have any of the vocal, any of the physical, and any of the things that I deem being in that dog category, which is a lot more than, is he good at running? Is he a good running back? Oh, then I claim him a dog. No, because he's a wimp. You know, there's a huge difference. And the fact that you don't even see it and then I'm wasting 10 minutes on this drives me nuts because it goes back to the other stuff we always talk about where you're just like, oh, he either sucks or he's a Hall of Famer. Like, just because you're good 
doesn't mean you're a dog player. I mean, you're, you're, you're top of your position. We have other names for that. It's called superstar. It's called pro bowl. It's called all pro. It's called all these other things. Dog is a special category for those people that are just grimy, nasty leaders, physical, you know, people that will aren't afraid to punch you in the mouth. Aren't afraid to stick their face in there when other guys don't want to do any of those things. Get, can we so move on those now? guys that all work hard they can be eh, players but they can still be dogs then is what you're saying i want to make sure i got that right because they work hard they're going to stick it in your face they're you know they're going to get up in your grill they're going to you know be out there they're going to be vocal you know so that makes them even if they're eh, players eh, he's okay they can still be a dog do i have that right just wondering. I understand you. Yes. Like they can be okay. marginal football players. There's plenty of special teamers. There's plenty of backups that have dog qualities in my book. Now for you, I know they're not in Hawaii every year or they're not going to be putting on a gold jacket. So they can't get this type of status. Like, it's just ridiculous to me. Like you just totally miss the grittiness and the reason they get that tag from me. And instead of they're the right, best that's from you, that's, that's, that's your call. So, yeah, that's your call. I'm not building a football team a bu- around a bunch of huh, players because they're gritty. Well, this guy's gritty. This guy's this. There goes your young, hungry guy. Yeah, those young, hungry guys are available because they suck on the other teams, and other teams can live without them. But I'm not building a whole team around a bunch of, uh, but they're dogs. You know, our team has 52 dogs, and they're really gritty. They'll get up in your face, and they're only uh, okay players. That's that's, that's ridiculous. Hey, nobody said but they're all dogs we got 52 dogs they suck at what they do but they work hard and they'll get up in your face okay Rivka, i just gave you an example of mark ingram who's been in the uh highly probably a top 10 but top you also gave me it's like i also said if they're years. a home player if they're only okay and you're like yeah if they do all that well fine you could have 52 guys like that and they could be completely i mean i mean john kitna did that and i still want to take him on a team i still want to want him as my quarterback I mean, that guy used to take a beating, get up, you know, all the time. But I still don't want him as my quarterback. I mean, I'll go take a finesse guy any day, you know, that, you know, that puts up stats more so than John Kitna. Yeah, I guess he was a dog, but he was a completely average to below average quarterback. I apologize, people. I really do. Really? No, we had dog status. I love this. This is great. We haven't had a conversation like this in a while. <laughs> this is not good content because you just keep going back to that a dog is either really good at what he does or not, and it, or he sucks at everything, and I'm trying to explain hey, to you. I've seen plenty of dogs dog. laying on the front porch not moving in the heat of the summer. They're dogs, but... No, they're not okay. if they're laying on the porch. The dog yeah, is the they guy are. That's, that's, that's a dog. And not letting you in the yard. Like, that's the one I'm talking about. You're talking about the the fastest dog or the one that, that is just, uh you know, wins all the awards at those stupid things where they prance around the circle all day. I'm talking about that dog that it, it's got the beware uh, sign when you when you come inside the fence and, and you don't understand that that could either be an all pro or that or that could be a guy that's in his second year trying to win a roster spot. He could still be a dog on either level. Can we keep going, please? We got to get this show done at some point. Yeah, that was a good conversation. I like that. If anybody disagrees with me or Derek, feel free to call in please at 989-272-3484. Please write at Griffka DKC. Do not send me any tweets because this is a, this is a slammed please up send, argument Please send me. Derek Oakry at Derek Oakry pictures of your dogs. 
That way he knows what dogs, especially dogs just laying on porches. <laughs> put, a be, put a beware sign next to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is off the rails right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so my next clip with Unling, it's my last clip, thank goodness, of him. Uh, he talks about uh, who's going to call the plays because I know this is another thing that Grifko, as he sits, uh, this is another soapbox. Get your soapbox out, Grifko. You want to know who calls the plays. Like, that makes some big difference. And then we've got... Uh, We've got him talking about techniques as well as what training cam might be in this next short clip. Here we go. Okay. Uh, play calling, we'll figure that out when we get to the season. I'll leave it at that. Um, and then the extended training camp. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, this is just me personally. You know, the, the biggest thing about OTAs, obviously you're talking about reps for all the players. Um, and then you're really talking about all the individual technique work that you get to spend time on and for me that's the biggest loss from not being on the field right now is just the technique work how to get in a stance how to get out of a stance defeating blocks um playing man-to-man press coverage um so the extended training camp if it does go that way i mean that would be on matt to basically detail that out logistically and how we're going to attack that if it goes longer if we get more time i don't know how that's going to look yet but if you're asking for a positive that would be the first reaction for me would be the ability to still have some time and get extra work in from each technique by position if that makes sense Griffka, does that make sense to you? To me, the interesting part was, you know, these 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 pro coaches put so much emphasis on the the minor minute details that me, you, other people may overlook the getting out of your stance, the the one step punch, all these little things they do. And that's the biggest thing I learned doing the pro football focus stuff is there's so many little nuances that you can learn about every little aspect of football that that we don't ever even think of so I thought that was interesting as well as uh, I didn't have the laugh track ready for when he said uh you know play calling uh, we'll figure that out when the regular season starts well you might want to figure that out a little bit before and we already figured it out Matt Patricia's calling the place Grifka what do you think you're probably going to repeat my take verbatim go ahead as you were saying your response I can only think one thing I agree with you <laughs> nope Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, like you said, doing the PFF, it's amazing. I've, I've had plenty of friends, even myself, you think, you know, these guys should be knowing this, you know, in high school, college. But you're right, coaches, different coaches teach different techniques, you know, hand placements. It's still kind of like in the same general area. They just want you to do it a little differently to better suit what they're trying to do either on offense or defense. So if Unlean and Patricia, you know, want to bring the guys in, you know, teach the new guys, this is how we do it. This is how I want you to do it. Not being able to get together, even the OTAs, you're, you're really missing out on that. So I totally agree with on your point of view. Hey, Daryl, how's it going? I'm in- oh. 
He's trying to hit the Grifka bell. Here we go. We got to get we get you one more bell before we get the Daryl bell. Grifka, let's get into this. We got to go a little bit quicker. This might be in a be a double episode before it's all said and done. If you keep trying to argue with me and get me all hot uh, and bother here in this episode, uh, Daryl Bevel, I thought we'd start off with a little bit of a laugh too. Good old Tim Twentyman asked the question of all questions, the question that needs to be asked, the question that people are wondering. It's simply this. Hey, Daryl, how's it going? I'm in, I like the uh, off-season beard you got going on there. Appreciate strong, it. Strong effort. I've, I've never had one before, so it's, it's, it's different for me. <laughs> Hard-hitting questions by my man Tim Twentyman, actually one of my favorite reporters, unlike the DB or a certain person we will get to here in a few moments. Um, Grifka, again, you haven't seen this because you're too busy with functions. You're, you're much superior than everybody else out there that is a Lions fan, but Daryl Bevel has got a crazy brown beard going, and he's got completely frosted tips hair. Looks like he's been like uh, a freshman in high school. I don't know what's going on with this dude, but um, I don't know if it's the coolest thing ever or the worst thing ever, but our coordinator is looking a little uh, different these days. Thoughts? Um, <laughs> maybe it was one of those things you see those videos of where like little kids are you know, doing their mom's nails and their dad's hair. Maybe, maybe that's something like that. Why he's got frosted tips. I can't see why uh, he would have frosted tips, but growing out the beard. Congratulations, man. Good for you. So you're not quite for sure why he did it. Yeah. If he's trying to look like a freshman in high school, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, next thing. Uh, one of, one of my personal favorites, not, uh, Jamal Agnew. Uh, I talked about him. Uh, I mean, gosh, where, where's my crickets when I need it? But we'll play this. Here's here's his thoughts on Agnew moving to a receiver. Oh, that's the extra Griffka Bell. Here we go. Yeah, um, I think you saw a little bit of that right at the end of last year, right, where we, we kind of brought him over. We gave him a few opportunities on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, I think, you know, we, we really like his skill set. I think you mentioned it. The ball in his hands, he, he does great things with it. So, you know, when you have those type of players, you want to get the ball in their hands. So this offseason, he's spent time in the, in the receiver room um, pretty much exclusively. Uh, exclusively in the receiver room? When he gets his hands on the ball, he could do some things? What, like drop kicks? Like cost us football games against Arizona? Like, like bring back a kick every blue moon so that he stays in the news and then he gets Pro Bowl uh, accolades for this? I mean – there ain't no dang way this dude's going from defense and kick returner to some glorious, you know, receiver. If anything, he's a very marginal gadget player at best. I, this just frustrates me on so many levels. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I agree with you. I mean, this guy, you're going to put how many hours into this guy, you know, getting him on the field to use these plays. Cause once again, like they said, once they get the ball in his hands, the lines are only going to have so many plays for him. So when he's on the field, defense is going to be like, okay, you can scrap 90% of their playbook because he's on the field now. So, okay. Waste of time. You know, congratulations. You know, I'll see you at the bowling alley working with Brandon Pettigrew. <laughs> oh, exactly. All right. So this next clip, Griffith, this, this again is another humor clip that I put in just for giggles. All right. So we got – we got my other unfavorite, uh, least favorite reporter on the Detroit Lions beat, and you know, you know his name. He's the slouch. <laughs> He's the slouch in the front row that needs to be told to sit up, would you? <laughs> this this guy, listen, listen to this. Qu- <laughs> listen to this question. He tees up this this like glorious hello to Daryl Bevel, 
and then I'll just let you hear what happens right after that. It's 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 gold. Listen to this, Mike Rothstein. Hey, Daryl. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Uh, uh. <laughs> Did you hear that glorious retort greeting from Daryl Bevel, or did it sound a little something like this? <laughs> Griffin, let's wind that back and see if I can if I can help him out with a little bit of a sound quality. Let's go back to that for a moment. Let's uh, let's get that whole intro. Here we go. Mike Rothstein. Hey, Daryl. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and I may be wrong here, but I just, I believe that I'm right. Were you around? <laughs> oh, we got crickets in here. Oh my goodness. I just thought that was so funny. And and the best part is, Grifka, if you'd ever listen to these press conferences, the slouch always has a, like a, a minute or he has like a, a 20 second intro where he's got to like thank everybody for everything like how you i hope you're doing well hope the family's safe i hope you're doing okay in COVID 19 every question is about COVID 19 or some just annoying topic so he followed up that amazing greeting where daryl bevel just said would you just get to it already you freaking slouch and uh his question was about colin kaepernick <laughs> come on bro we, we're talking lions football here nobody cares about daryl bevel in 2008 if he was there when they brought in kaepernick for a workout on a tuesday like how ridiculous is, is the slouch here in this situation that's the actual question. That's the question he got out. He couldn't think of anything better. Okay. Well, I, I'm sure he got thrown off when he got stonewalled by Daryl Bevel when he didn't get his glorious, oh, great, Michael, how are you? I hope you're doing well also. <laughs> totally got blindsided. It's like the reporter flipping through their notes looking for the proper question. Okay. I, I love the, I didn't get the hello back, and then he went into the, uh, um, uh, um, and then he had to scramble back huh. to his script so he could get to the question. He didn't get his glorious acknowledgement. Sounded like he was doing the O face. Oh, <laughs> incredible. That that was funny. All right, let's get back to football. This clip is about my guy, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I'm just super excited to see this guy in a Lions uniform, as well as uh, all the things he can do. Daryl Bevel sounds like he is as well. So, so DeAndre Swift, um, you know, we're, we're super excited to have him. Um, we feel like he's a really talented, uh, well-rounded uh, running back, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, that you, you feel like um, could handle the run game. But as well as that, um, you know, he has ability in the pass game where you could do some things with him there, you know, so um, really a, just a complete guy. So um, to be able to add him in there with carry on, with Bo, um, such a, you know, such a good group there. And then, you know, there's still other guys. I mean, Ty's there, Huntley's there. Um, it's going to be just a really competitive room. I think that's what you're trying to do at each and every position is get the room as competitive as you can. Um, let the, you know, let the cream rise to the top and you'll end up with a really good team when you're doing that. So um, super, again, super good player, super talented. And I think you're, you're able to do a lot of things with him. He can handle, you know, as much as you want to give him. Grifka, before I kick it to you, the other reason I put in some of these longer clips is because I think more Daryl Bevel and Corey Unling is better than more of, I don't know, you. Um, <laughs> but I'm okay uh, with that. I don't I, have clips like that. I thought it would be a little bit more entertaining for the people, but uh, what do you think about that? He talked about Swift. He even got your boy Ty Johnson in there for half two seconds because that's about what he's done in the NFL at this point is about worthy of a two-second mention. Um I think the running back room is better. I don't know that I put it in this upper echelon of the NFL, but I think, you know, carry on and, and Swift healthy and, and Bo possibly as a 
comparison guy is, is going to be fun. We haven't had that as a Lions fan, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I like how we mentioned kind of the depth that's in that running back room. I mean, you want to talk about a bunch of young, hungry running backs. I mean, that that's that room right there. And I think they all kind of realize, I mean, Swift, I mean, he's obviously going to do his best to get time, you know, get as much playing time as he can. I mean, Kerryon Johnson, he's got to work hard because they just went and get, they got Swift and he's going to be on the team because like how you like to say where he's at with his contract, the flashes he's shown. I mean, he's obviously worthy of a spot. Huntley's a rookie kind of unknown has really got to show stuff besides being the small college guy. Ty Johnson's got to show something because even though he was a sixth round pick, I mean, the running back room's crowded and Bo Scarborough, he's got to be thinking to himself, you know, this is what his third team, third, fourth team that he's been on. And even though he showed, you know, showed well last year at points, I still don't think, and even in his mind, he still has to think his spot isn't a guarantee on the team. So I really like this running back room, but I would, I, I'm going to agree with you and say that it's not an upper echelon room. Um, I think there's other running backs in this division, other, other running back rooms, even in this division that are better. But um, I just really like where this running back room is at and who's in there. Grifsky, I, I don't want to get in a 20 minute argument with you on this. Cause I know you're probably going to flip your lid. You would think I would agree with you on your take talking about young hungry players and, and why they're better. I disagree on so many levels with the reasons that you like this running back room, because to me, it doesn't matter. Like I love young talent. I love cheap talent. I love draft picks, but, but I don't love just having a hodgepodge of guys that have never done anything. I mean, wow, Ty Johnson, you look good in a uniform. You haven't done anything yet to, to show me any anything on Sundays. Bo, you had a cup of coffee here and looked decent. Other than that, you've been kicking around on, on squads. Huntley, you know, wow, you got some speed. You Not penciling him in as the fifth running back. You know, carry on until he not only stays healthy but shows me what he did in the first year, you know, is hard to pencil in. So I go into this saying, like, Swift is the one with all the tools and all the upside and all the, you know, expectations because of what he did in college, his skill set, and because we haven't seen it yet, these other guys, you start trying to pump them up like, oh, we we got great competition. Look at this running back room. You got one guy that's done a little bit and he's been hurt a lot. You got three guys that have done a damn thing and you've got a kid coming in that's your new toy in the backfield, a new weapon that's got a lot to prove as well. So, I mean, I was, there's lots of other backfields that got one or two running backs that blow our whole five away in a heartbeat. So, again, I, I know you're probably going to – I can't believe you don't like – it's just like, yeah, I like upside. I like potential. But I also like guys that have, have shown me something or have done something uh, or, or at least have really explosive upsides rather than, oh, Ty – I love Ty Johnson as our fourth running back. You do? Why? I mean, other than what his what his maybe is, he's got nothing else going for him right now. So that's my take on the running backs. Well, they got a lot to prove and can't be held up as some incredible room until they really start to show more. Yep, I, I, I see your point. And you're right. I, I don't want to get in an argument with you so we can just move on. <laughs> All right. The next one. We'll, we, uh, we saved our argument for, you know, for, for earlier. So uh, we don't need to have another one. <laughs> Exactly. We got to revisit that one sometimes because you just have no clue still. All right. Uh, the next one we won't argue with, and it just happens to be labeled my number nine clip of the uh, of the uh, bevel piece here. And it's uh, let me see here. I don't know. It's about this guy. Stafford! 
Let's see what see what Bevel has to say about number nine. Yeah, I am. I I just love this guy. You know, um, I I really like um, what he's bringing into meetings. I mean, you know, whether it's in the individual meetings that we're having, whether it's an offensive meeting or speaking up in the team meeting, um, I think he's really doing a great job with his leadership. Um, he's super. He is super excited. I mean, you know, you sit out half the season. Um, you know, it kind of can give you, a, you know, a sense of where you're at. And I think he's really, really chomping at the bit and excited to get back with his teammates, um, really get back out there on the field um, and, you know, and continue this thing and, uh, you know, start winning a bunch of games. Uh, there's no question in my mind that he's, that he's really excited to do that. Grifka, what do you think? Real positive. Love Stafford. Seem to have a good rapport. Always good. Yeah, to I think uh... – I think Matt Stafford loves Daryl Bevel's offense. And uh, and I think one thing you mentioned, Stafford's really excited. I think he realizes the talent that he has around him, that uh, Stafford realizes that he doesn't have to be, you know, the main man, the only one, you know, trying to make everybody around him so much better because there's already a lot of talent around him. Wide receiving core, I mean, like you said, Swift at running back. Hopefully some of those other running backs can step up as well. But uh, – I really like that, and I really think Bevel and uh, Stafford work well together. Real quick, I just want to say, like, for a while now, you know, we always support Stafford on the show. He's got the most talent we've ever seen probably as a Lions quarterback. But I know one of my beefs the last few years has been, like, you know, when is when's Matt Stafford going to get a coach that really rides him hard or that, you know, holds him accountable to the nth degree? And I don't think Daryl Bevel, like, is, is you know – as boisterous, but I, I do think he's so smart and so accomplished as an offensive coordinator that the, the respect is there as well as I think he does probably hold him pretty accountable when it comes to like what he does on and off the field and practice and stuff like that without having to shout him down. And I think that's why it's going to work so well is that not only is there respect on both sides, but both guys kind of have that same temperament, which is like, you know, like you always hear Stafford's the big leader on the team, yet we never see him, you know, call somebody out or, or yell in the huddle or do anything boisterous, really. But he just has that respect. And I think Daryl Bubble's the same way. Smart, calculated type of guy and a guy that just is respected around the league for what he's done, which, like you say, we they, we, we both, Daryl Bubble probably wants to get back to another Super Bowl. And I know Stafford wants to get to one. So hopefully they can, can have that in common here before it's said and done. All right, Grifka, here's what we're doing because we blew through our whole show because you you had to go back and forth with me. I tried to play a fun little clip about Corey Unling and how he quieted his dog down in two seconds. And I just mentioned off the cuff about dogs on the Detroit Lions, D-A-W-Gs, and you had to annoy me for 30 minutes about how can you have a dog if they're not the best player in the league? It doesn't make any sense. Oakry. And I was like, Grifka, you don't understand what a dog is in the NFL. And we, we wasted everybody's time with that. Hopefully they enjoyed it. I doubt it. Um, so we got no time for the Grifka 2k, uh, all time lions team in the two thousands. We'll have to either do that maybe Friday or another show. But speaking of dogs, I want to end it with this, a little clip about, why Daryl Bevel loves our offensive line. And Grifka, I didn't even get to the offensive dogs on this team, but we got a couple that are coming. And, and I know, Grifka, they, they may not be the best offensive guard in the league. Or, man, I, I don't know if that guy's ever going to be in Canton. But 
we may have drafted a couple dogs and we might have a, another one in, in at center position here on this offensive line. Take a listen. Well, first of all, Vitae's a big human, you know, like, like uh, those guys up front. But also I think it's, um, uh, I think if I think back to what Frank maybe was talking to you guys about, about that toughness, you know, and when you look at those guys with Jonah and with Logan, those guys, um, I think they bring that mentality. You know, it's a, it's, a lunch pail, so to speak, type of type of group, um, guys that uh, you know they kind of like to hurt. They kind of like to hurt the hurt the opponent as well, um, you know. And it's it's really a mentality. And you know, I mean, all you gotta do is turn Logan's tape on, and you know, you can see that in him and jo and and Jonah as well. Uh, you know, got to talk to Logan about you know he kind of goes over the top sometimes. I think he had like 14 penalties. You know, so we got to cut that back. But, you know, you like that mentality. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get across is you really want those, you know, those, those tough, nasty grinders um, because that's what it is in the run game. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, a grown man's type of game. And, you know, I've always talked on here that that's something that we really want to hang our hat on and we weren't able to do it as well as we wanted to last year. And so hopefully some of these additions will be able to help us do that. Griffco, before I kick it to you, did, did Daryl Bevel do a good job of, of further articulating what a dog or a nasty football player is? It's about mentality. It's about physicality. It's about mindset. It's about hurting your opponent. It's about uh, imposing your will on people, even if you're not the absolute most physically talented or skilled or top player at your position. You can have all those things and be really good on the offensive line or a safety or a corner or a linebacker or even a wide receiver if you have those type of qualities. You know why, Grifka? Because those are dog mentality type qualities. Go ahead and, and tell the people whatever you're going to say, but hopefully that helped you out a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he feels like they've got some offensive guards that will be able to produce and open up, you know, holes up the middle. seems like the Lions haven't really had that. You know, like you mentioned, they had seemed to have more finesse guys in there before, but like you said, if you have those guys that have that mentality, but if they're not touching the field, like if you can say Stenberg, but if Stenberg can't, you know, get in the lineup and doesn't, you know, pan out, then you got a guy with a mean mentality who took a lot of penalties in college, but he can't touch the field. I mean, I guess he's still dog status because he does all this stuff, but he's not on the field is he a dog <laughs> yes because yeah, he's laying on the porch like i've seen other dogs do okay no no he's, no, he's not he's he, first of all you gotta give him a chance to play second of all you're missing the point again that he doesn't have to come in and be all world to still have a dog you gotta be better you gotta be better than kenny wiggins you gotta be better than joe doll oh wait is joe doll a dog I mean, Dahl no. kind of sounds close. No, but <laughs> neither of those guys were because they didn't have, I don't know, do I need to repeat it again? The grit, the mindset, the physicality, the nasty, the hurt people. They were just <laughs> they, they were they were just finesse okay offensive linemen. They aren't DAWGs. Are you kidding me? All the times we heard good job, Joe Dahl? That doesn't make it <laughs> Yeah, he didn't say, good job, you're a dog. <laughs> good job, Joe Dahl. Congratulations. Good I'll job, Joe Dahl. I'm Joe Dahl. <laughs> I'll let you keep your roster spot for this week, you freaking That's what That's what they need to put out. They need to put like a dog in a Joe Dahl jersey. And that's what they need to sell at Lions games. Look, he's a dog. He doesn't, he doesn't have the status. I mean, we'll finally, one day you'll agree with me on this and we'll have like an actual – where we can look at a player and be like, 
he he he's got dog status you know I, I know for you it'll have to be after four or five years of play for me it's like either have or you don't I mean it's a mentality it's a way of doing things not a a certain performance level that you have to meet yeah there's 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 dogs that are the best of the best and there's dogs that are just gritty nasty like the pistons used to have dogs that weren't starters but they were just the that guy off the bench that would get up in your face on defense he wouldn't be afraid to fight you if he had to he he helped keep the team together when things were falling apart like i don't know why i have to keep explaining this to you are are, are we good like we already we already wasted – we didn't get to our commercial breaks. We didn't pay any bills. We, we didn't get to your segment. We didn't do anything today. I don't know. It was kind of fun talking about dogs. I'm trying to think of some of those pistons now that you mentioned it. Remember Vinny Johnson, you know, he coming off the bench. But, I mean, Dennis Rodman came off the bench too. My so James. I mean, What's that? Mike James for the 04 Pistons, the little bulldog that would come off the bench. Dog status, never going to see the an coolest, all the, the coolest never thing Mike James ever does when Rip Hamilton goes, I'm Mike James, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly that's uh i mean he just knew that that's what my dog would say <laughs> that's, that's the greatest thing i'm like james bitch <laughs> all right well i'm gonna have to go back and put in our ads so we can actually keep this podcast going and 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 keep the lights on and pay the bills uh we'll we'll get to you know the all-time team of the 2000s another time because i want to hear your thoughts on that but uh, that's all I got for the Wednesday show, man. We put some clips in, got your riveting reactions, which, uh, you know, since you were too busy to actually watch this or keep up with this football team that you do a podcast on twice a week. But uh, there's only one other question left to ask, Griff, if we can get out of here. You got anything else amazing, thoughtful, provoking, incredible, stupendous for the people? Uh, nope. I didn't think so. You don't have dog status. You never will. But obviously I do. And I prove that every week on this show. Everybody, thank you for listening to Detroit Kool-Aid <laughs> Cast. This Kool-Aid Cast is gritty. It's grimy. It's nasty. We're not afraid to get up in your face. And we like to try to make you laugh as well. Uh, this is a DAWG type podcast. Grifka will be back on Friday talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.